This is a reminder, you are listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show and interact with Mon and myself for the breakfast show, then simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play or use the TuneIn radio app. And I'm Lyle Southall and this is... Lawson Walters. And you're listening to Faith FM. We are about to get into our encounter with God. 20 million movement, 20 million people all studying the same passage of the Bible at the same time together. Um, and you can join us right here on Faith FM. But before we get into that particular section, Lawson has another clue for the quiz, which I have not yet solved. Okay, are you ready? Which I'm pretty sore about. Okay, okay, okay. Get your phones ready, 1-800-324-843, and you could potentially win a... Yeah, okay, Lyle, there's no double prizes. Okay, Lyle knows what it is. (laughs) Finally. Right down the... Finally. Without even a clue. There you go. (laughs) Well, here we go. Um, What book am I? Let's give two clues. Well, just just give us a summary of the ones we've had so far. Okay, yeah. So, quote, uh, to them he gave the name Bo- Boa- Boanerges. Am I pr- how do you pronounce that? No idea, but that'll do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this book tells us that after his resurrection, Jesus appeared in a different form to two men walking in the country. Quote, this is a new clue. Quote, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And... Yeah, let's give one more clue. Okay. Luke and I are the only two Gospels to record Jesus' ascension into heaven. There you go. There you go. So, Luke and this book. So, if you know which book this is, give us a call. And it said Gospels. Yes. Did you use the word Gospels there? Yes. There are only four. There's only four. So, it's it a is one not in four Luke. chance. It is not Luke. It's not Luke. So, there you go. Give so us a call. It's a one in three chance. One eight hundred three two four eight four three, and you can win a prize. Of course, if you if you know the answer to the quiz. All righty then, let's get into our Bible study for today. And Lawson, I wonder whether you could take us to Nehemiah chapter eight, please. Nehemiah oh, mate, chapter I'm eight. I'm already there. I'm ready to go. We've been studying through this all week while you've been away, and it's been incredible. It's been really good. So what are we what are we talking about? Nehemiah chapter eight. Nehemiah chapter 8, if you can read for us verse 9 through 12. Yeah, sure. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, um, Ezra the priest and the scribe and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn nor weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites quieted all the people, saying, Be still, for the day is holy. Do not be grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and drink, to send portions and rejoice greatly because they understood the words that were declared to them. Okay, so there's been a, a, a bit of a process that has taken place here. The people have uh, finished building the wall. They have instituted some reforms. Mm. They have got their lives sorted out. And uh, Nehemiah decides that it's time for a reading of the Bible. Mm. And a reading of the Bible was very different from the way that we read our Bibles today. Mm-hmm. You know, these days, if you want to read your Bible, you go and grab one. You can pick one up uh, brand new for about ten bucks. For about the about uh, you know the value of two loaves of bread, you can own your own Bible and you can sit down and read it at your leisure. 
In fact, we recommend that you read it every day. Yes. Uh, it's a great way to start your day is by reading the Bible. And, of course, you can start your day right here on Faith FM by reading the Bible uh, because that's what we do on Faith FM. So, yeah, one, another great way to start your day is join us here on Faith FM as part of the 20 Million Movement where we all study the same passage of the Bible together at the same time. Okay, so you can read your Bible every day today, but back in those days, why did they read the Bible publicly? Why didn't they read it? Um, why didn't they read it? Uh, you know, just sort of every day like we do. Well, in, of course, that was that was because um, you know they only probably had one copy. Yeah, they probably only had one copy. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> and there was very probably very few people who could read it as well. Absolutely. It's- so very very few books and very very few literate people. Especially, I think, at this time, something we, we talked a little bit about yesterday, you know, as this, this reading of the Bible's happening, and they've got people in the crowd helping them to understand what we call, you know, the first kind of Sabbath school leaders. Um, uh, for a long time, you know, in, in Persian captivity, they wouldn't have been speaking Hebrew. They would have been speaking, you know, maybe Aramaic or something like that. And so now to, that they're, you know, they're hearing the Bible being read in, in Hebrew, like, yeah, it would, it would be... It, you know, it, they didn't have the opportunity to just go home and, like, just read the Bible because it was in Hebrew, you know, it would have been a pretty gnarly circumstance, um, you know, this, especially this is the first time that they're doing this after hundreds of years of, or after a hundred years of captivity. So, yeah. Pretty special stuff. Um, and imagine, imagine if you were somebody who was a Christian, who was a follower of God, and you'd followed God your whole life, and you had never, ever, ever heard or, or, or mm. read the Bible before. It would be a unique experience, wouldn't yeah. it? Because, you know, obviously your religion would be something that would have you know, been passed down orally to you, mm. you know, from you know, p- people sitting around and, and sharing the Word of God um, and talking about it. But, you know, and we do that as Christians ourselves a lot already. We go to church, we we sit around, we talk about the Bible, we talk about God, we talk about, you know, moral living, all that kind of stuff. And that's great, but it would not be the same if you'd never read the Bible. And then if you hear the Bible for the first time, it would have such an incredible impact. It's like, wow, never, ever heard it before. Mm. And there would be so many details in there that you would be unaware of. Yeah. It's like, well, I never heard that before. It's kind of like, you know, sometimes I read the Bible and it's like, I know I've read the Bible a bunch of times, but I don't remember reading that story before. Mm. Um, Wow. Can't (laughs) believe that that actually happened. Mm. And so they all get together. um, They have a public reading of the Bible. And here what we're looking at is really they are responding to what they have read. Yeah. So let's read. Let's go back to verse nine. If you could take to us, take us there to verse nine again, mm. very quickly, please. Uh, the Bible says in verse nine of Nehemiah chapter eight, and Nehemiah, who was the governor, Ezra the priest, and the scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, "This day is holy unto the Lord your God. Do not mourn nor weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law." Why do you think they wept? We we've been uh, talking a little bit about over the last couple of days, like. I really feel like, you know, well, they wouldn't have heard this before. They, they, this is their first exposure to the Bible. But not only that, this is their first exposure to, like, their history as a people. And very much, like, when I, when I see this, you know, they're hearing for the first time, you know, the history of Genesis. 
of like where they came from and they're hearing you know like the story of Moses being delivered from captivity and these people are very much in a uh, in in a similar in a similar circumstance you know they've been delivered from captivity they're re you know learning their identity and I think one of the big things here is this it says when they heard the words of the law they specifically mourned you know they would have been living in captivity in a foreign land very much not upholding the practices that God has given them to live a better life and they're like whoa like you know where you know I, I think it would have just been like it would be mind-boggling. <laughs> yeah that's right well, well, well let, let me ask you this question you're you're more of a uh, I, I, I tend to be a a less emotional person um, you're more emotional than me yeah fully. has has reading have you ever been brought to tears by reading the reading or hearing the Bible mm, I like definitely yeah. I think yeah. you know maybe Maybe the last time I can remember like being brought to tears is like reading through uh, Hebrews chapter 12 and right. it's talking about, you know, for, for, you know, chastening is good in, you know, no, no, no one finds chastening good in the moment, but, you know, God calls those who are chastened sons. And if you, unless you're chastened, you know, you're illegitimate um, and, and not sons. And at the time, you know, I was going through some hard stuff. And I was like, God is bringing me through this and it proves that I'm a son of him and I am valued. And I'm like, there, I've got, you know, tears like falling out of my eyes onto the page. I'm like, praise the Lord. You know, God <laughs> loves me. I'm valued by him. Like, yeah, you know, it's, and it's so the, an interesting experience. That's right. And so the Bible alone has the power to do that. When you, I, I think, you know, when, 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 when we are struck by our own sinfulness, mm. um, in contrast to God's goodness mm. and the grace that He offers to us, yeah. So many times I've 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 seen you know that really really just strike home um, emotionally to people. But as you were saying, you know, uh, um, looking through this whole passage here, um, that you know, they're, okay, they're struck by their sinfulness, they begin to weep. Um, but they are not just experiencing God's goodness. They are not just experiencing God's grace. They are not just having a true picture of their own sinfulness, but they are actually discovering for themselves for the very first time their own actual identity. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, so they've discovered for themselves their um, their own identity, mm. which you know that's something that you know they've really sort of lost track of because they've been slaves and in captivity again. Yeah, <coughs> and I think the context of their their identity as well that God you know has delivered them as slaves previously that God has been working through them. They would have been you know and reading through then the stories of Israel's faithlessness and and Moses leading the people like they would just be reflecting that onto themselves and yep. who they are and what they've come from. And, you know, yeah, they're j it's just breaking them down because they can see. So I think they can see so clearly here that, wow, like <laughs> we are God's people because like, this is just us. They, they relate so much, you know, to, to what's been going on here. They're like, they're, they're, they understand. Yeah, absolutely. It would be, uh, would be just incredible. Mm. All right. Um, and, you know, I think that um, you know when when you're slaves and when you're in captivity, you really do lose a lot of your national identity. Mm. Um, they're establishing, you know, their identity as as a people, as a nation, as you know. There's so much that's just being restored here, and so you can really understand why they why they weep. And the other thing that I find too is that when somebody around 
around me becomes emotional, mm. it's very easy to become emotional as well. Mm. And it's a bit of a chain reaction happening here. Yeah, and I've been, have you ever been in a meeting where you know emotions have really run high, mm. and lots of people have been you know making confession of sin, giving their lives to God, mm. um, and you know testifying of God's goodness. I've been in meetings like that. And it's been just incredibly powerful to see the way that God works in those kinds of circumstances. Mm. I remember as a young person in college one year, you know, we started off at the beginning of the year and it was a bit of a rough start to the year. Uh, we had, um, you know, had a bunch of uh, young kids there that had basically been sent there by their parents um, because their parents had failed mm. in you know, bringing them to God, essentially. Yeah. So these were people we had, you know, we, we had a people, a bunch of guys in the class that were just not interested. Mm. Not interested in God, not interested in spirituality, not interested in being at a Bible college, you know, just completely not interested and, you know, they came from one of those cultures where you do what your parents say. You know, some, some cultures around the world are like that. So they were mm. from a particular um, cultural group where you do what your parents say and you go to school and you exceed. Mm. That, was, that was their cultural background. And so, yeah, they did what their parents said. They obeyed. They came to college. They got straight A's in their Bible classes and were just zero, zero interested. And a fellow by the name of uh, Ernie Steed, Pastor Ernie Steed, uh, yeah, great old fella, um, came and did a week of prayer. Mm. And for me, you know what? It wasn't I, – I, I was there because, you know, I'd sacrificed and I'd travelled halfway around the world to be there. And so I was dead keen about, you know, I, I was sort of on the opposite side of the spectrum. I wasn't sort of quietly rebelling in the background where, where, wherever and whenever I could. I was like, yeah, full blast into it. And, um, and you know, Ernie Steed comes and does a week of prayer. And for me, it wasn't the greatest week of prayer that we ever had. Mm. But the Holy Spirit moved. At the end of that week of prayer, you know, one of these guys stood up and gave a testimony of how his life had been changed. And then, you know, just it moved around the room and one after another after another, you know, and, and stood up and they've given their testimony. And these were young guys that have beforehand have, looked, have just told me straight out, look, I'm not interested in being here. The only reason I'm here is because my parents sent me. Yeah, and wow. now their lives have been completely changed. And, you know, um, 27 years later, you know they've they've got a lifetime of ministry behind them they've they've led you know hundreds if not thousands of people to god they're mm. on fire for god they're doing great things for god some of the greatest preachers in the world you know came out of those classes and have had an incredible impact on our world mm. and it's just it it truly has you know it truly was amazing to see the way that god worked in that environment but there were a lot of tears Mm. And what that resulted, you know, when when that particular group gave their their lives to God, then of course that resulted in a bunch of other students that were just kind of you know hangers honors kind of thing, not really um, super sincere about it being there. That um, that they ended up, you know, there was tears, there was confession of sin, there was repentance, um, there was you know people making making you know rights wrong. It was a it was a incredibly powerful revival and in my mind i see a whole nation doing that right here mm. because you know when you see the power of god's grace rest upon somebody else wow mm. it's pretty convincing yeah you know and then and then 
it creates that chain effect where it moves from one person to the next to the next. Mm. Where, you know, each one of these people um, makes confession, makes their lives right with God, um, and then somebody else is like, you know what? I want to have that experience too. And so they do. And then somebody else, and, and it works like, a, you know, it's just... Uh, People make decisions when other people mm. are making decisions. When they see a positive result from somebody else's decision, they make that same decision, mm. and that's what you're seeing happening here. I think really the, the power of that, you know, of course, coming from the Holy Spirit, but I think it's that logical step that you take. I know for myself as being someone who wasn't a Christian and now is a Christian, that that big logical step of like, you know, you live in a world and, and if you take your 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 view of the world to its logical conclusion, it's like, oh, well, I'm here to just do whatever I want to do and be whoever I want to be and if, you know, and my identity is very subjective. But then all of a sudden you realize that you're objectively valued and loved and there's a God who's given everything for you and these guys here, they're, they're, they've seen that through their history. They've seen that through, you know, the book of the law, through the first five books of the Bible and it's just, you know it's just smash them of like wow i you know i'm something to the greatest being in the universe and it's just it's just hit them hard they're like wow you know i mean something i'm not just a slave i'm not just you know an underprivileged second-rate citizen to you know a great empire that's out yonder like i you know i'm i'm valuable to the god of the universe and it's just yeah, smash them. It's awesome. It is. It is truly amazing and a huge blessing. All right. So uh, let's um, – oh, by the way, we have a winner for the quiz. Oh, nice. Cranthy from Sale. Congratulations. Winner of the quiz right there. And the correct answer was Mark. So in the next section, we're going to give another clue. You'll have a chance to win a, uh, a second prize today. Mm, nice. Very good. Okay, let's go on. Let's move on in our passage here and let's talk about uh, verse 10. What's verse 10 all about? Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is in your strength. Okay, so they have this revival. They are truly repentant and sorry for their sins. They have this powerful experience and, and, and national, corporate revival. Mm. This is not something you see take place often. There is a time of mourning and weeping, but then what is the message that God sends them? Cheer up. Cheer up. <laughs> God is good. Enjoy the grace of God, and because you are enjoying the grace of God, then you are in a position where you can provide for others. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and he says, you know, go out and provide for those that are not prepared. This is actually taking place on the day of the Feast of Trumpets. Mm. And so we need to talk a little bit about that. Um, so this was a national day of, of, uh, of celebration already um, when they were to get together for this particular feast. And so some people are going to be prepared for the feast and some people are not prepared. And they're like, look, if you're prepared for the feast, then share it with everybody else. Let's, let's just make this a blessing right across the board. Mm. But we've had our time of weeping That's good Now let's rejoice in the grace of God And I think these are the two things that really need to go hand in hand You begin with a time of sorrow You begin with a time of weeping Mm. But it should not stop there Mm. A time of sorrow and weeping should be something that grows And becomes becomes a, 
a, a time of rejoicing and blessing. And so mm-hmm. once you've had your time of weeping and confession, then move on to a time of rejoicing and, and celebration and really just enjoying the power of God's grace in your life mm. and in the lives of the people around you. And this is the instruction that they are to, that they are, that they are given. Mm. Um, yeah. So go your way, eat the fat and drink the sweet and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy under the Lord. Mm. Okay, what's our next verse? Th- oh, we got time for another verse? Not, not quite. Well, we have time. Nah, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the next verse in just a moment. But right now, instead of that, we're going to have Keith and Kristen Getty. Uh, my worth is not in what I own. You're listening to Faith FM. And for some reason, we have no sound. <laughs> Encounter with God is just continuing on. <laughs> what happened there? I think I think Shell accidentally pressed the button twice. Oh, okay. <laughs> yep. We, we'll blame the producer. This sounded like it was a really good song, Yishi. I was really looking forward to that yeah, song. I- Can we have that song back? <laughs> Come on, guys. We need to have a song break. Um, <laughs> Ooh, anyway, it's, let's see what's it's happening. It's on its way. Here it's we on, go. Oh, it's going to happen, is it? All right. Here it is. Keith and Kristen Getty. My worth is not in what I own. you 
Welcome back, everybody. That was Keith and Kristen Getty with My Worth Is Not What I Own here on Faith FM. We got there eventually. Lawson, give us another clue for a second quiz of the day. Let's see if we can... quiz. uh, Let's see how we go. Smash another one out. All right. Who am I? I was told not to let Joab's grey head go down to the ground in peace. All right, that would be this person. And Lyle is correct. So, yes. therefore, no double prizes up for grabs. For but there's the a single prize. Game, but there's, there's a single prize. There is a single prize, which you really want, because it's going to be really, really great. So, you should give us a call, 1-800-324-843, and you'll win a prize completely for free. And, of course, uh, well, not of course, but a, uh, a listener has messaged us suggesting that we could have a church service like the one that they had on this particular occasion. I know that's what get we're together about yesterday at the break of day. You know, because they start in the morning, they go till midday, and have a reading of the Bible. See if you can get through the first five books of the Bible before lunchtime. I think that would be possible. And because just Genesis- read it, absorb it. It's so interesting too. Like it's an amazing read. Like to read through the book of Genesis and Exodus. Like that would be awesome. It would be an amazing experience just to get the Torah, the first five books, and just read them as a church corporately together. Just take turns. You know, read for fifteen minutes or so each. Just one person stands up the front and reads. Of course, back in the day, you know, Ezra probably read the whole thing. His uh, voice was no. They tired. had thirteen different. People oh, that's right. Read. Yeah, they did. They did. They had thirteen. Yep. And they share, but share it amongst say thirteen different people, mm-hmm. and uh, and 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 just read it clearly, distinctly, in a way that everybody can understand. Um, give explanations where necessary, but you know, obviously, you can't preach a sermon on each verse, else you'd be there for <laughs> the next million years. But I think it's a great <laughs> idea. I think we should do it sometime. I think we should have a uh, a Nehemiah Sabbath day. Mm. Or if you're in a Sunday church on the Sunday, whatever. <laughs> that would be. Or if you awesome. go to church on Wednesday, do it on Wednesday. You know, whatever, whatever it is. But um, yeah, have a, a a Nehemiah worship service, and uh, maybe do it on the on the day of the Feast of Trumpets. Mm. Yeah, well, maybe not. We're not feast day keeping, but um, <laughs> you know, just for fun. We actually had we had your son Harley on here. And um, we asked him the question of the day. It was, you know, do you need to keep the Feast of Trumpets and the Feast of Tabernacles? It was specifically talking about the Feast of Tabernacles. And he was like, look, there's nothing wrong with going out camping. In, you know, we don't need to, but there's nothing wrong with going into nature, in, into nature going camping and reading the Bible and reflecting don't on it. Don't you love how when God set up the feast day system, that one of them was a camping trip? Yeah. It's just the best, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's just awesome. absolutely the best. He's like... Yeah, you know, you need to have community, you need to have family time, you need to go camping. And and this is one of the one of the amazing things about the Bible is that camping, which, you know, it's like most people I know love camping. Mm-hmm. When you think about that, it's like camping is living in very temporary circumstances, sleeping in sketchy accommodation. Um, eating primitive food, you know, all this kind of stuff. You still start to list it all off. And, and camping is is kind of like self-imposed hardship. 
<laughs> but it's the best. It's awesome. I mean, who doesn't love camping? I know I've met some people that don't love camping. Um, and some people, yeah, I understand that maybe they get a bit old for it or whatever. But 90% of the people I know just love camping. And God's like, yeah, I'm going to invent camping. And so he invented the Feast of uh, Tabernacles and everybody just go camping. It was that great. That's awesome. And this one, of course, is the Feast of Trumpets. Who doesn't la- like uh, blasting away on a trumpet and making lots of noise on occasion? Oh, yes. Blasting away on trumpets, making lots of noise. The thing is with the Feast of Trumpets, and this is important, is that it was um, a trumpet. Trumpets you know, typically were not just used for music. They were also used as a instrument of warning. Mm. And so, you know, a blast on the trumpet could be used to signal, for instance, the approach of enemies, those kinds of things. And the Feast of Trumpets was a warning. It was a warning to the people that the Day of Atonement was approaching. And this is interesting because um, the Day of Atonement was probably, along with the Passover, would have been, you know, the two most important feasts mm. of the entire calendar. You had seven of these um, that, that were spread throughout the calendar. But the Day of Atonement was so important and so holy that they actually had a feast day to warn you it was coming. Mm. And so we probably should talk a little bit about the Day of Atonement because the Day of Atonement is also called um, Yom Kippur Mm -hmm. or the Day of Judgment. And when you put it in the context of the Day of Judgment, suddenly it's like, yeah, you know what? Um, If that's Day of Judgment, then maybe... This is why they were having a warning for this particular mm. uh, feast day, and so on the day of atonement. And let's let's just make it, maybe share a little bit of what happens on this particular day. This was the day that the high priest would go into the most holy place mm. of the temple. This was the only day of the year that he could go in there. Mm. If he went in there any other day of the year, he would be struck dead. Yeah. Not only was it the only day of the year he could go in, he was the only person who could go in there. Mm. If anyone else went in there, they would be struck dead. When he went in there, they tied a row of, or he had a row of bells and pomegranates that were on the hem of his robe. The reason being, the other priests who were in the holy place could listen and if they so they could still hear him moving because if he died while he was in there if you went in there with unconfessed sin mm. you would be struck dead and so the other priest would wait outside and they would listen while he was in there to make sure he was still alive mm. and according to jewish tradition he would have a leg rope on so that if he died they had a way of extracting the body mm. Because they could not go in there. They could not look at the Ark of the Covenant. They could not look at, you know, the Shekinah play, you know, the Shekinah glory, the, 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 and the, you know, the mercy seat and all of the, these kind of things that were there. They couldn't do any of that. So this was an incredibly holy day. And the main part of what happened on this day was the sacrifice of a goat and the release of another goat. Two goats were involved. Mm. Um, one of these goats was a symbol of God and one a symbol of Satan. Which one do you think died? The symbol of God. Absolutely. Mm. Um, and often when I ask that question, like, oh, Satan's one. Satan. Kill Satan's goat. <laughs> no. 
um, it was Jesus who gave his life yeah. for our Amen. sins. And really this is a day that points to the fact that Jesus gave his life for our sins because it was Jesus' goat that actually died. Mm. Satan's goat gets punished, but Jesus' goat dies. And on this day, atonement was made not just for an individual, but for the um, all of the sins that had been confessed. Mm-hmm. And so just to sort of, I guess, cut a long story short, you know, when a person confessed their sin, they bring a lamb, they confess their sin over the head of the lamb. Um, they would take the lamb's life and take the blood into the holy place and sprinkle that blood in the holy place. And the sin was being transferred from the sinner to the lamb, to the blood, to the holy place. And the holy place was the record of sin. Mm. And on the Day of Atonement, the record of sin was cleansed. So that when you look at it in the antitype when we get to heaven, there will be no record that we have ever done anything wrong. Day of Judgment is all about cleansing from sin. Mm. This is Keith Green with There Is a Redeemer. This is actually Let's a special go. request from one of our listeners, Matt. So you are welcome. There is a Redeemer Jesus God's own Son Precious Lamb of God, Messiah, Holy One, Jesus, my Redeemer, name above all names, precious Lamb of God, Messiah, oh, for sinners slain.
Is forgiveness, or the lack of forgiveness, eating away at you? A relationship breakdown, maybe. Long-term hurt, unresolved conflict. You know, it can be dealt with. If you want to break the cycle and start living a more forgiving life, Forgive to Live is a program designed to help us all improve our lives and be more forgiving. Don't let it eat away at you anymore. If you're keen to discover the power of forgiveness, why don't you take that first step and head to forgivetolive.org.au. Hi, my name is Pastor BJ, and I'd like to invite you to join us at Bunbury Seventh-day Adventist Church. We are a vibrant church community that meets every Sabbath at 9.30am for Bible study, followed by a worship service at 11am. There are a number of groups that meet throughout the week where we eat, share and study the Bible together, including groups for families and young people. For more information, please contact me on 0422 896 553. That's 0422 896 553. Happy Hearts is a free community craft program for kids aged 1 to 5, designed to encourage growth and creativity through Bible stories. Join us each Tuesday during the school term from 9.30 till 11am at the Senior Citizens Hall, 401 Warburton Highway, Wandon North. For more information or to register, go to happyhandsart.com.au forward slash happyhearts or contact Patricia on 0425 854 516. That's 0425 854 516. Happy Hearts. Free fun for kids and the mess stays with us. Listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
Welcome back to Faith FM, continuing on into the question of the day. But before we do, we're just going to have another clue for the quiz. Here we go. Another clue. I am also known as Jedediah. And also, I'll give you another clue as well. I married the Pharaoh's daughter. So, yeah, who married the Pharaoh's daughter was also known as Jedediah and was told not to let Joab's gray head go down to the ground in peace. Who was that? Give us a call, 1-800-324-843. But today, we have a question of the day from Claire, and it's simply this. Uh, Why did Onan from Genesis chapter 38 have to die? Okay, so the first question of uh, this one should be, who on earth is Onan? Um, which was uh, the first question that uh, producer Shell uh, mentioned when she heard this uh, question of the day. Um, which is a very good question because we don't really... I've never heard a sermon, sermon on this particular story right here. I have. You have? Yeah. I, 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 my mind bends as to what that sermon was about. This is one of the more random stories in the Bible. Um, let me give you the a, a little bit of a background as to what was going on here. So Judah has a mistress. Mm-hmm. He has three sons by his mistress. The oldest son gets married and then dies and leaves a widow. Mm-hmm. The culture of the time was um, widows were incredibly vulnerable part of the population because they had no uh, security, they had no um, old age care or anything like that. They would Mm. typically end up in poverty as beggars and live short and miserable lives. And so the only security that a woman could ever really gain was by having children. Mm. And so then... It was the responsibility of the children to look after their parents in their old age and to provide for them, etc. That was that was how it worked. And so if you had a situation like this, it was the responsibility of the family to ensure that she had children and that responsibility would fall to the next brother. Mm. And so it falls to the next brother whose name was Onan. And Onan... Um, now has you know he needs to uh, to to raise up children by um, his dead brother's wife a child so that mm-hmm. she can have someone uh, to provide for her. Mm-hmm. But the Bible says in Genesis chapter eight and verse nine, and Onan knew that his seed would not be his. In other words, the child would not be his. It would come to pass when he went into his brother's wife that he spilled his seed on the ground lest he should give seed to his brother. So this is basically the first um, the first example, I guess, of contraception that you'll find in history. I think it's the oldest example of contraception in history. And so um, he was just basically using the withdrawal method and he's like, no, I'm not going to give uh, this woman a child. Now, there's a number of really, really terrible things happening happening right here Um, because the question is why why was this worthy of death and we don't know all of the circumstances but let's let's put it together like this he has access to go and sleep with this woman as often as he wants um, so that she can um, fall pregnant and have a child Mm -hmm. the moment that she falls pregnant he doesn't get that anymore so there's really really easy way 
of making sure that he gets to sleep with her as often and as much as he wants. Mm-hmm. Make sure she doesn't fall pregnant. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is a really scummy thing from a whole bunch of different perspectives. He is absolutely abusing this woman. Mm-hmm. Um, because number one, he is abusing her by using her for free sex, mm. and number two, he is abusing her by condemning her to a life of poverty and um, and you know shame and distress and mm. and starvation and becoming a beggar and all that kind of stuff because that was how you know society and the culture was at that particular time. Now you've got to be a pretty low person to do that to somebody else. Yeah. And there's nothing that she can do. What's she going to do about it? All she can do is hope that you know at some particular point he uh, loses control and uh, and she falls pregnant because without that pregnancy, without that child, she's done. Mm. We don't understand that in today's culture. Yeah. And so the big lesson here is that Onan is struck dead by God because he is sexually abusing a woman. Not just sexually abuse. There's a whole whole bunch of different levels of abuse here. Sexual abuse is one of them. Um, but there are a whole bunch of different levels of abuse here that I don't even really know where you start in giving them a name. You know, what kind of abuse is it when you... This is... Uh, when you cut off somebody's livelihood, when you cut off their security, when you cut off their old age care, when you cut off their all their means of support, um, and you cut it off by basically raping them. Mm. And so, yeah, it's pretty harsh right here And we are not God, we cannot judge We should never place ourselves in a position Where we are going to be judging But this is what God chooses to do And I would say this is a heinous crime The lesson is that sexual abuse And other forms of abuse Are something that God takes incredibly seriously And right from the beginning of the Bible You find that he looks out for women This is Sanctus Real with Lead Me. Can hear her saying, 
Welcome back to Faith FM. We have come to the, the end, end of, of the show. show. It's over. It's done. It's finished for today. It's gone. It is, which means that it's the best part of the show because we give something away and mm-hmm. it's more blessed to give than receive. So we are about to give ourselves a huge blessing by giving you something. <laughs> So I'm giving away a book, which is a huge blessing. We only do this so that we can get blessed. Yeah, that's that's exactly, you know, we're, we're using God. Uh, it's an amazing book. It's called Christ's Object Lessons. Um, this is a book that is really incredible. It goes, it's a super in-depth commentary um, on the different parables and the different lessons that Jesus taught and the, the, the things that he talked about. So, yeah, if you want awesome, deep insight into some of the, you know, the amazing parables of Christ, um, please give us a call, 1-800-324-843, and you'll get this book completely for free. You don't even have to answer a quiz. There you go, Christ Object Lessons, um, which is, uh, you know, if you want Bible studies, if you want small group material, if you want sermon material, if you want any of that kind of uh, material, this is one of the best books that was ever written on the parables of Jesus. Put a whole series together on the parables of Jesus and uh, or just, you know, read it for your devotions. It's just an amazing devotional book. Uh, one of the one of the greatest books, I believe, ever written by Ellen White, who was one of the greatest authors of the 1800s. Uh, religious authors who even lived right here in the local uh, Lake Macquarie area for mm. quite a number of years. She was an American, but uh, she did live in this local area. And, and, and as a woman, wow, what she accomplished. Brought industry, brought education, brought healthcare to the area, etc. Anyway, we need to finish the show. We're going to uh, head off in just a moment. We just want to say how much we enjoy our time with you here each morning and look forward to you joining us again tomorrow. Jesus Christ and His way.
Choose life today. 